the earth is profoundly intelligent. It's enough to look at our ecosystems, the natural rhythms, tempos, and flows of the earth to perceive that there is really a guiding principle. Life is soul. The word soul in Latin is anima, to animate, to be. What's significant too is that, according to writers like Blavatsky, the world possesses anima mundi. It is the world's soul. Or, to use Emerson's definition, the super soul. All living beings that are animated and exist precisely have their movement, their being, because of the power of the earth, the soul of the earth. That soul has a name, Melchizedek. This is a Hebrew name from Malek, meaning king, and Tzadik, meaning righteous one. Melchizedek is mentioned in the Bible. In fact, he was the one who instituted the Gnostic unction, the Eucharist. Master Jesus of Nazareth, the Master Abramento, reinstituted that practice through the communion. But first we see that Melchizedek, the righteous king, the king of the world, was the first to initiate humanity into the mysteries of life and death. So the secret orders of the ancients all fall under the jurisdiction of Melchizedek. There are many mystery schools, whether from Greece and Rome, Egypt, many places, the Middle East, but all of them owe their allegiance to Melchizedek, the king of the world, the master of this planet. He is the logos, which is the Greek term meaning word or, or superior mind, the wisdom, the consciousness of this terrestrial globe. He governs all of the initiates about all orders on this planet. And anybody who enters initiation does so through him. As we see here, he is blessing Abram in the book of Genesis. Abram, or Abraham, the patriarch of three major world religions, the father of many nations, both physically but also esoterically, is receiving his benediction from this great high priest, this righteous one. It's important to understand that in this myth, Abram was waging war against the enemies of Israel, which is a symbol. These are principles, not a mere little history. Who are those enemies? Pride, fear, Anger, lust, hatred, gluttony, passion, cruelty. Abram is a representation of our spirit, our innermost being, our God, the spark of divinity within us. And when the 
soul enters into the path of initiation, Abram becomes Abraham. And then he receives that blessing, that benediction from the high priest. Here's what the book of Genesis states from chapter 14, verses 11 through 20, 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was, is, the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram to the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithe from all. So tithing, obviously, is a beautiful symbol, too, within religious traditions. Obviously, every school has its donations or its uh, members sacrificed for the community. But to give tithe from the soul, we offer our spiritual work, our heart, our conscience, our way of being to him. Melchizedek is even mentioned in the Quran. Especially Surah Al-Kaf, which is the cave. This is very significant. Because Al-Kaf in the Quran, the Surah of the cave, relates to the earth. Melchizedek is the king of the earth. But obviously the Sufis and the Muslims did not refer to him as Melchizedek. That's the Hebrew name. They referred to him as Kedir. We know this from Moria and the Lord God of truth within. The story of Moses and his master Melchizedek is related in the Quran. It should be read by every searcher of truth and every occult student, for it teaches that the kingdom of heaven can only be taken by energy. And this practice that we're going to perform today gives energy to the soul, inspires us to be awake, present, and in the remembrance of not only our own inner divinity, but the divinity of all beings, especially the earth. Here's what it states explicitly from the Quran, a teaching about Moses interacting with this master. And we included this image of a surreal earthly figure whose face is like a cave with individuals climbing within because Melchizedek is a terribly divine being of great magnitude. And all the initiates like Moses, as great and enlightened as he is, bows to Melchizedek, as we see represented in this relationship in the Quran. And Moses found a servant, Kedir, from among our servants to whom we had given mercy from us and had taught him from us a certain knowledge. Marifah in Arabic, Gnosis in Greek, Da'at in Hebrew, experiential knowledge from the awakened consciousness. Moses said to him, May I follow you on the condition that you teach me from what you have been taught of sound judgment. He, Kedir Melchizedek, said, Indeed, with me you will never be able to have patience because his level of being is superior and more radical, revolutionary. And how can you have patience for what you do not encompass in knowledge? And the rest of that surah speaks about how Moses gets alarmed and scandalized by the actions of Kedir Melchizedek. Because those beings are beyond good and evil. They are beyond even kindness and love. They are with knowledge of the reality of divinity. Very profound. And so Moses, trying to keep up with him, can't. 
even Moses being a great prophet. That teaches you about the magnitude of this being. Profoundly beautiful. And why Sur al-Kaf, the cave? Because Melchizedek is the intelligence of the earth. And we dwell within him. So with this practice, we're going to talk about the 13th hour. Because we always practice this meditation to remember and give help or get help from Melchizedek on the 13th of any month that falls on a Saturday. Saturday relates to Saturn. And obviously the number 13 relates to death. We have here an image of the Tarot, the 13th Arcanum, immortality. We see a figure reaping wheat, separating it from the chaff. That is a symbol of our psychological work. These symbols of the Tarot represent psychological, spiritual, profound truths. In the work of mystical death, we seek to comprehend our own weaknesses. We seek to eliminate defects, pride, anger, lust, fear, so that we can extract the wheat, the virtue of the soul, so that we have a bountiful spiritual harvest. And the fact that this falls on a 13th, Saturday, is very profound. We even see that the Hebrew letter Mem, relating to Melchizedek, is on this card. Mem is a symbol of water. And obviously the earth has life because of water. Not only physical, but also energetic, spiritual. We talk extensively about the symbol of the waters in us and how we work with them to attain immortality. Now, we practice on the 13th hour. And obviously, uh, some people have asked before that, uh, does it matter the time zone or where we're at when we practice? Obviously, wherever we're at, we practice in the 13th hour, which if you count and seg uh, segment all the hours in terms of phases, you have when the day begins at 12 o'clock a.m. to 1 a.m. is the first hour, followed by 1 a.m. to 2 a.m., the second hour, and onward until 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., the 13th hour. A lot of people look at the number 13 with fear. Obviously, it's a number that is considered very unlucky. But for the Gnostics, it is a sacred number. Because through death of impurity is the resurrection of the soul. But obviously, it's very difficult and fearful to let go of our sense of self, which is attached to negativity. But we celebrate on the 13th hour because... It relates to men, the water. And in our meditation, we imagine and the waters of our perception and our mind certain details that we're going to practice. We begin the practice with a prayer. Very sacred within the Gnostic tradition. It is for the irradiation of love. We imagine the earth, blue, profound, with its electric azure color. And we imagine all the people on this planet. We imagine our loved ones, our family, our co-workers, our friends, strangers, people who suffer. And we imagine that from our heart emanates a blue light extending out to them and giving them peace. 
we imagine that from our heart is love. Conscious, profound, selfless love. We send them our love. We imagine that from the strength of our compassion, that they may be edified and raised. We say, may all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace. Three times. And then the mantra, Aum, which in Sanskrit obviously is God. Prolonged like this. Aum. Today we'll perform it mentally, but in the privacy of your home, you obviously can pronounce that aloud too. This mantra, this sacred sound, is a vibration. It fills the heart, gives it strength. And so that, that energy combined with our prayer gives healing and gives peace to others. We follow it with another prayer. Holy and blessed be his unpronounceable name. Now that the sacred mystery of the letter has been verified, Meanwhile, I shall proceed towards more occult places. The word occult means hidden, esoteric, the invisible. It means to cultivate the spirit psychologically. What is not visible with physical sight, but is visible to the heart, which we practice through mindfulness, meditation, observing ourselves, learning about what in us creates suffering, and how to change it. Holy and blessed be his unpronounceable name. There are many names of God in every religion. They are really ineffable, but it is unpronounceable because it is eternal. It is limitless. One truth, many expressions, many religions, many faiths. And what does it mean that this sacred mystery of the letter has been verified. We read books and we study the teachings and eventually with practice we experience what we read. And therefore, we have faith. It is fact. We pronounce this prayer three times. We want to then visualize and imagine entering into the earth. It's important to understand that there are three aspects of the earth we need to comprehend in relation to this meditation. The physical earth is one thing, but the dimensions of the internal worlds are another thing. For those who may be familiar with our course on dream yoga and astral travel, we've talked about how in the astral world, we can investigate many realities. Now, there are superior dimensions and there are inferior dimensions as represented by this tree of life here. The heavens above and the infernal worlds or hell realms below, which we access when we dream, such as through a nightmare, or in a vision, superior states, heavenly ways of being. In the interior of the earth, physically, obviously, is one thing. But in the interior of the earth, in the infernal dimensions, there are hell realms. But we also have to understand that in the internal worlds, when we go down into the earth, we can enter superior regions. It's not just inferno. 
not even physically, but also internally, because dimensions operate here and now. They mix. We don't see them, obviously, because we're in the physical body. We're limited in our consciousness. But if you learn to vibrate at a higher way of being, and in this meditation, we go into the earth, not into the hell realms, into the superior dimensions. This is why Samal and Vyar stated in the Gnostic Bible that this is Sophia unveiled. Let us then distinguish between what is the merely geological, physical, and tridimensional part of the earth, and what are the superior dimensions and the infra-dimensions of the interior of the earth. So when we practice this meditation, we imagine as a soul, as an astral projection, going down into the earth to visit a temple. Now, it's important to understand that, as I said, there's the physical region, there's the infernal dimensions, and the superior dimensions. Salman Vyar clarifies this a little bit more in detail. He uses the term Averno to relate to the hell realms, as we see kind of with this image, a very surreal picture. In the Averno, there exists the darkness and also the darkness of the darkness. The Averno is found situated within the nine submerged mineral infra-dimensions. These nine infra-dimensions are within the interior of the planet Earth. Nevertheless, do not confuse the nine submerged infra-dimensions with the merely geological part of the world Earth. It is useful to clarify that the merely physical geological part of the world Earth is hollow. Let us remember the survivors of Lemuria, Atlantis, etc. They still live in Agarthe, or Agarthe, the interior part of the Earth. The divine humanity of Agarthe works and lives under the personal direction of Melchizedek, the king of the world. Multiple entrances lead to the kingdom of Agarthi. Some of these entrances are guarded by fierce tribes. So I believe even there's been people who have written about hollow earth theory and have talked about the, really the center of the world. Many writers, many people have documented this, have sought to investigate this reality. But obviously, physically is one thing, but internally in the dream state is another. Let us emphasize the superior dimensions in the middle of the earth. As we see here, a woman entering a sacred temple of the earth goddess, the divine mother, the sacred feminine. Nine superior dimensions also exist within the interior geological part of the world. The secret temples of the conscious circle of the solar humanity, which operates upon the superior centers of the being, are found situated within the nine superior dimensions. So in the center of the earth, when we practice this meditation, is the temple of Melchizedek in the superior regions. And in this practice, we will approach it in our visualization, our imagination, our prayer. Ask for entrance into the temple. We imagine the temple itself, the two columns of Jaquin Boaz among the Masons. Positive, negative, man and woman. And we pray to enter to ask permission of the divinity there to allow us to speak in our heart to the intelligence of the earth. Solar refers to divinity, the sun, or Christ, the Christic divine power. The solar humanity are those beings who are free of defect, vice, error. We call them angelic beings. They are the humanity that is awake in the internal worlds, the dream state. 
creatures and terribly divine forces operate in the nine superior dimensions of the planet Earth, which is why when we practice a meditation, we are looking to receive that energy from the Earth, from Melchizedek, to give us strength. We do so by activating the consciousness, concentrating, imagining, praying for whatever need we have, whatever we yearn for, whatever our problems in life are. We ask Melchizedek, give me assistance, give me strength, help me to comprehend this defect which is making me suffer, help me have strength and force by which to change, help illuminate me and give me serenity. Show me how to act appropriately in this situation, in this crisis, in this trial. And then when you're meditating and you're not thinking, suddenly the insight. And if you're relaxed enough, suddenly you find that you're not in your body. If your body is asleep, you may see a vision. You may have a perception. A scene emerges in the screen of your awareness, like a dream, like a film in which you are both an actor and a participant. That is the superior centers of the being in which you are receiving knowledge, new imagery, new knowledge, new experiences. And then you feel it in your heart. You know the answer. All because on this day, the forces of Melchizedek are terribly active. They are saturating the planet. And on the 13th, we meet to celebrate this king so that he gives us help. When you imagine descending to the interior of the earth, you approach the temple at the center. Every planet of this solar system has a hard temple. And there are different angelic intelligences and beings who govern those respective regions. Melchizedek is the center of the earth. His temple resides there. We imagine that we approach the temple. Obviously, this is not an accurate rendition, but an approximation. Just to give a, a little bit of a reference point. But... The temple has seven steps, which relate to the seven steps of Freemasonry. Or the first seven spheres in the lower part of the tree of life, which is a symbol or map of the consciousness in the universe. Seven steps, seven initiations. Usually, you must knock on the door three times. The door will open. You imagine the guardian of the temple. The guardian is a being who is responsible for enter, uh, allowing people to enter or to stay. Every temple of the divine lodges has a guardian. Every Gnostic church has a guardian. They carry a sword. And if you meet them in the internal planes, they have a sword and they will directly ask you, even if but telepathically, Will you conduct yourself to enter this sacred space? Because no thought of impurity must enter with you. And we have to say, yes, I will. And if we are sincere, they say, enter. You will see two columns, right and left. In Freemasonry, they're called Joaquin and Boaz. 
also represented on the right pillar and the left pillar of the tree of life. The center pillar being the pillar of equilibrium, which is us. We cross our hands over our heart like the pharaohs of Egypt. We put our left hand on our solar plexus, our hand in the form of the pentagram. Pinky finger, ring finger, closed. Middle finger, index finger, thumb, extended. In the form of the pentagram, as you see in the back of our center. Forms the five-pointed star with the two inferior feet facing down and the head and the arms extended. It's a symbol of the perfected human being. The symbol of Christ. As you see with Jesus in many paintings, he performs this greeting which is the symbol of our greeting of the Gnostic Church. You say to the guardian, inverential peace, which is a term from Atlantis, meaning peace unto your innermost being. The guardian will say inverential peace. You cross your hands over your heart, right over left in the form of uh, the pharaohs. You bow to your right to the pillar of mercy. Jaquin, bow to the left, Boaz. Which is why in the invocation of Solomon, we pray, mercy and justice be the equilibrium and the splendor of my life. The divine mercy, the divine justice. And the guardian, they say that we're sincere, says, enter. When you enter the precinct, we will imagine and visualize Melchizedek. You can imagine him like a righteous king, an elder of days, a great Mahatma, a great soul. And I suggest that when you're visualizing this, follow your heart. I know in the beginning especially, it can be difficult to visualize imagery with great detail and precision because that part of our consciousness is not developed usually, which is why we practice in meditation to strengthen and expand our range of visualization. I recommend that you follow your heart. Listen to what your heart is directing you to visualize. And a simple note, you can imagine an elderly figure, a king. However that appears to you, be personal. Because while this is a universal teaching, it also is very personal to you. Imagine him and pray in your heart for whatever you need. Maybe it's the death of a defect. Maybe it's understanding for a problem. Be patient and wait for the answer. When you visualize, you wait and observe your mind, observe your heart. If you get distracted, obviously, return to the visualization. But the important thing is that to pray is to talk with God. To pray is to communicate with God. People know how to pray. They talk, they ask, they beg. But do we know how to receive? That's the thing. When the mind is perfectly still, like a lake, then the wisdom comes, the wisdom emerges, and suddenly the images appear in our consciousness in which we see what we need to know. But converse, pray, ask in your heart, help me with this, give me solace, whatever it is we need. And then wait, be. At the end, we do the pentagram to give thanks. We'll, at the end of this practice, we'll stand up. The way to perform it is, again, we, we can cross our hands over our heart in the form of the pharaohs of Egypt. We pray, thank you, Melchizedek, for aiding me in this ritual. 
Extend your arms out. Step to the right. Hands over the head. Down to your head. Shoulders. Back out again. And then as you exhale, bring your hands over the pelvis. Right hand over the left. Inhale. Bring up to your heart. That symbol represents, again, the divinely ordained or perfected soul. So we're showing that our inner being, our own spirit, our own divinity, and Melchizedek, that we wish to have strength and give thanks for the blessings that we received. Really, that is the essence of the practice. We will uh, begin promptly at 12, but if there are questions about this practice, I invite you to ask them. Sure. So when we begin at 12, will you be giving us a, a like at least like a five-minute guiding us through those different steps? You yes. approach the steps of the temple, you bow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll walk you through it. We'll do a, I'll, I'm going to be minimal, but I'll mention what to imagine and visualize. And then there'll be more time to really just focus on the practice. So I'll preface this and guide you throughout. Yes, and um, that's a good point to make because uh, usually for this practice, it's good to be out in nature, meaning to, because uh, we're working with the God of the earth. We lay down on the ground. You can put your solar plexus towards the earth and your hands out in the form of the pentagram. So obviously with the, yeah, your feet out too. But obviously, in the given the space that we have, we'll be upright, and it's it's effective too. So it's just as effective. What's more effective is really our concentration, our serenity, and our imagination, and also the sincerity of our prayer. If you're sitting upright, it's okay. If you are at home, it is helpful to make that kind of star shape with your body and lie flat on your on your stomach. Um, so kind of like this. And so if you have some pillows or something to kind of support your head can be helpful when you're in the privacy of your home. That's a good way to do it because you're connecting with the earth in that way. Yeah, because the solar plexus where we have telepathy, usually it's like a battery. Solar plexus because it stores energy from our practices. And when we do the pentagram, obviously you cover your left, left hand over your solar plexus. It's like you're taking the energy from your or physiological battery and then you're bringing it up into your body because the left hand receives force up circulates out to the right hand, which extends out in the form of the pentagram, which is when we do any greeting. There are many prayers and for protection too that we use that do the same exact uh, position or gesture. Now, when you're lying with your stomach to the earth, you're connecting again from the energies of your solar plexus. But obviously that's ideal. But... We'll do it uh, sitting up. Yeah. Any thoughts? Yes. Yeah. Can you maybe speak a little bit about Mikuseldek, his order, how it relates to the Gnostic Church? And in particular, you mentioned earlier, if I'm recalling correctly, how Moses venerated himself before Melchizedek. And if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Jesus, Alberamento, much the same. But we know from these studies that at least now, Abramento is an inhabitant of the Ain. Could you go into 
how this hierarchy works. I mean, he's right now an inhabitant of the Ayin, yet he venerated himself, I would imagine, much like Moses did to Melchizedek. Right. So among the gods and angels, Buddhas, whatever name we give to those intelligences, there's hierarchies, levels. We recognize Abramento, Jesus of Nazareth, as at the heights. He has the knowledge of really what we call the absolute, which is the above the tree of life, beyond the universes. When you really meet him, you see that his astral body reflects all the many stars of the space and has many profound reflections of the universe, many universes, because he has a knowledge that is really encompassing. Now, what's interesting is that Melchizedek, in terms of hierarchy, obviously has his position and role. All the different angels have their jurisdiction. And obviously Melchizedek is the intelligence of the earth. He is the one who organizes all the initiatic colleges here physically. When Jesus of Nazareth came to earth as a soul, despite the fact that his hierarchy is obviously higher, he respects the law. So even being beyond good and evil, Master Jesus kneels before any master. Because as Jesus said in the Gospels, the greatest among you will be your servant. Humility. We also know that when Jesus came to earth, he signed a pact. The intelligence of the Master Jesus integrated with Melchizedek. He went to the center of the earth in the internal worlds and performed a bond similar to what is celebrated in the Gnostic Eucharist, the blood and redemption of Christ. So his energy mixed with the earth, which is why you see in the north, the Aurora Borealis, those many lights. Salman Vera says that's the astral body of Jesus. And that those lights are really the aura of his power. So he entered the earth to help the initiates under Melchizedek, because obviously the people of this earth are very fallen, but Melchizedek is a divine being. So while Melchizedek is on high, obviously we don't reflect that. But Melchizedek, obviously, any master respects the law, they respect the hierarchies. And just because Abramento is higher than Melchizedek, perhaps in certain knowledge, doesn't mean that he doesn't respect the his jurisdiction. Can I actually just add to that too? Um, you know, Melchizedek being the genie of the earth, um, we live our life on earth. So to me that represents that, um, you know, if we're initiated through Melchizedek, we're initiated through our life on earth. And as someone else said, you know, initiation is your own life lived with rectitude and love. So I feel like just, you know, that almost indicates there's no like sort of priest or other external person that needs to initiate you, but your own life on earth initiates you. Yeah. And also the fact that when we enter this path internally, by based on our own actions, we are initiated. Like um, And symbolically, Melchizedek and Mother Masters will fit at your ceremony or at the ceremony of your being. Because the one who really initiates us is our inner God, our spirit. But obviously, Melchizedek has a role. You know, he's 
responsible for all the different angels and beings on this planet. But yes. He directs all the activities on this on this earth. Yes. Governs it. Yes. Uh, I hope this is on topic. Um, so what's the difference between as like, you know, a lot of other I guess like writings they talk about Gaia? That's, that's the physical body, I'm assuming. Yeah, so the word Gaia can also mean Gaio, meaning the earth, G-A-I-O. And the vowels E-A-O are the sacred name of God. Ignis agua origo in Latin, fire, water, spirit. Or use the Hebrew, yod hey vow, which you add another hey at the end, you have yod hava, Jehovah. So Gaia or Gaia is really the Melchizedek, the physical body of that master. Because the physical body of the earth really is the, the body of the intelligence of Melchizedek. And Gaia has those sacred letters. Those are mantras that we pray, vocalize, very profound. And that helps to charge even our own physical body, our physical earth, so that we can vibrate with the higher forces. Just like with the you know, Melchizedek. Yes. So what does it mean when they say that Melchizedek is the king of Valum, like Jerusalem? Like, where is that? Yes. Salem in Hebrew or Shalom, peace, the city of peace. Really, Melchizedek, the being or the spirit is the city of great serenity. Because when you enter those temples internally, where you see masters officiate, whether it's on the earth or even the heart temple of Mars, when you're in the body of Samael, you are in the presence of God. And therefore, you feel that great peace that is beyond really anything we know here physically. Very powerful. So Salem, Shalom. So we'll take maybe one more question and uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to begin practicing soon. A few more. Sure. No, go for it. I just was wondering about the nine superior dimensions that maybe you talk about it a little bit. What are they exactly? Because I think I can only imagine space and time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we refer to the nine dimensions as the tree of life. So these are spheres of levels of nature and being from the most dense and physical to the most abstract and spiritual. Here we're in Malkut, which is the kingdom. And even this term Malkut, Mem, Lamech, Kaf, Vav, Tav in Hebrew, read from right to left, has the term Malek, Melchizedek. Malek means king. And so our physical body is, a, is in a sense uh, our own kingdom. But the heavens are really related to different levels of matter, energy, and perception, such as our vital energy, Yasad, our emotions, Hod, our mental thoughts, Netzach, and outward to Tifereth, the willpower and up to more divine states. These are dimensions in nature that we act, act, uh, access when we dream. But also, they represent parts of us too. So those nine superior dimensions are the qualities of the divine truth in us, but in more refined levels. So they're levels of experience, but also they're places in nature. You know, the dream worlds, basically. But here we're in Malkut, we're working with the power of Melchizedek, Malek, or to use the Hebrew term for the feminine or a queen, Malka. Because a Malek is a king. A Malka is a queen. 
and as priests we seek to enter the higher order. Initiated by Melchizedek. Just yeah, so I think um, really going to a higher level of being, we learn how to relate to people better. And in a sense, what people who are very mundane tend to be more incompatible with those higher vibrations, which is evident even in social circles. Like you, maybe you're, you used to drink or smoke. You no longer do those behaviors. Friends may not relate to us because we're at a different level, but it doesn't mean we don't love them or know how to relate to them. But yeah. So we got about five minutes. Um, we're going to conclude here and then we'll uh, let people use the restroom or stretch your legs and then we'll begin shortly. Become aware of our heart. Our mood. If we have tension, we can breathe deep. Inhaling through our mouth. Exhaling through our, inhaling through our nostrils, exhaling through our mouth. Let your lungs fill. But without strain. There are parts of the body that are agitated. Breathe into those spaces and let the tension out. Exhale it like smoke. Let it go. Let us Determine for ourselves that with this practice, we will make the effort not to move. Obviously, if you need a break halfway, you are welcome to. Those who may be more experienced should apply this. The more still we are, the more profound our insight. When there is no disturbance in the mind, in the heart, the more translucent it is, the greater its receptivity 
to the truth. Imagine the planet Earth, its vibrant color, its pristine blue, its oceans, its forests, its mountains. Imagine the cities filled with people. Imagine our loved ones who work and thrive, who suffer. Imagine strangers. Imagine all people who experience pain. Imagine from your heart a blue light filled with love, with compassion, with strength, giving to them like rays of blessings. Imagine that from our heart bright and luminous gives without self. Imagine that our love helps to heal the people of this world, to have patience for them, to endure suffering for them, and to give regardless of recognition praise, or honor. Pray in your heart and pray mentally the following sacred benediction. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace. Mentally pronounce the mantra, Aum, like this. Um. Ah. Uh.
mentally pray. Holy and blessed be his unpronounceable name. Now that the sacred mystery of the letter has been verified, meanwhile I shall proceed towards more occult places. Holy and blessed be his unpronounceable name. Now that the sacred mystery of the letter has been verified, meanwhile I shall proceed towards more occult places. Holy and blessed be his unpronounceable name. Now that the sacred mystery of the letter has been verified, meanwhile I shall proceed towards more occult places. You can mentally repeat, my being, my God, my beloved. I beg you, take me to the center of the earth within the internal worlds. Help me to approach the sacred temple, the precinct of Melchizedek, the heart temple of the earth. Imagine descending there to the caverns of the world. Now imagine that you stand before a beautiful temple of gold. Imagine its pillars, its entrance. Approach the door. Ascend the seven sacred steps and knock three times. Greet the guardian who opens the door for you. who stands there with the sword of divine justice in his right hand. Say to him mentally, inverential peace. Perform the sacred salutation with your arms crossed over your heart, the right over the left, bowing to the right, pronouncing, Jaquin, 
following to the left, Boaz. When the guardian says enter, step in with your right foot and approach the interior of the precinct. A marvelous throne upon which sits a venerable God, an elder of days, a Mahatma. Melchizedek, king of the world. Speak to him from your heart. Ask him for whatever you need. Be honest with yourself. Ask him with whatever words come naturally from our being. Whatever our need is. Ask him for spiritual things. Ask him for guidance. Especially we can ask him for how to change so that we stop suffering. Do not use formula. Speak from your heart. And continue to imagine him in your awareness, your visualization. Concentrate upon this image that your heart evokes. And beg him to teach you. Whatever question we have, ask it. Attend to the question, present it within your awareness, ask in your consciousness, hold it in your attention, and then wait for the answer.
Let us give thanks to our inner God. And also the Venerable Master Melchizedek. Whatever boon, blessing, or insight we may have received from this practice, let us give homage to him. the Lord of the earth. Let us also offer in exchange for this blessing, for this assistance, that we may continue forward with our spiritual work. Let us contemplate what we can do to be worthy to receive even more grace from the divine. Whatever our capacity, whatever our skill, whatever our talents, But also let us give thanks to our inner being, our inner God, who allows this to be even possible. Whatever words we have of gratitude, let us offer them. May our deeds be as bountiful as the earth. May we continue to cultivate divine virtues and compassion. So that we may be suitable vehicles of the divine.